Our scripture reading for our devotion today is taken from Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would now strengthen our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. When I was a young pastor, I was teaching confirmation class, and one day a A 13-year-old boy came to join our class who was not from our church. He was there with a friend who was a member of our congregation and uh, asked if he could sit in for a number of weeks with our confirmation class. I said, sure, that'd be great. I found out uh, at the break when we talked a little bit, I found out that he was living with this family of the boy that he was with. And uh, he was staying with them now for a number of months. And he told me a little bit about his own situation His parents had divorced uh, about a year earlier, and um, uh, his mother now uh, had taken a different boyfriend that was living with them at their house, so she was living with this guy. And apparently, according to this 13-year-old, this new boyfriend of his mother did not care for him too much. And um, because of that, the mother kind of took away all of his curfews and everything and said, you just go do whatever you want. You just kind of take off and do whatever you want, have total freedom in essence. And um, so he finally decided to go live with this family, members of my church. And interestingly enough, this family was very disciplined. They really had tight curfews on their kids, get your homework done, chores, I mean, pretty tight parenting. And I thought, wow, this has got to be quite a difference for him. So I said, what's it like living with this family? And he said, they're they're really tight about stuff. But he said, I've come to realize that that's their love for their kids. That's their love for their children. And I thought, wow, that's pretty perceptive for a 13-year-old. I don't think I would have have, uh, associated that with love. It's interesting that sometimes love can be found in places or expressed in ways that, that maybe we don't initially see right on the surface. The story in front of us from uh, scripture that Matthew records is a very interesting one where this woman who, by the way, is not a Jewish woman at all. She's a Canaanite. The Canaanites typically worshiped false gods and things, pagan worship. But she's come to faith in Christ somehow as her savior and she's, you can tell by her prayers to him. She cries out to him, son of David, have mercy on me. She knows he has the power to heal her daughter of this, uh, drive this demon out of her daughter. 
and she cries out to him. But what's so surprising to us, and I remember as a child, the first time I heard this story is how Jesus responds. It's just not what we'd expect. Jesus' demeanor to her, his, his way of interacting with her is just so, just so different from what we would expect. It's, we're told he answered her not a word. Like, can't you at least have the decency, you would think, to talk to her and maybe say, please go away? He doesn't, even, he doesn't even respond to her. Doesn't give her the time of day. And it gets to the point where his disciples even say to him, tell her to go away. She must have been pestering them for a while. Must have been kind of following after them and continually crying out to him. And Jesus doesn't even give her any attention at all. Send her away for she cries out after us. It's kind of a picture maybe of us sometimes in life when when things aren't going quite the way we want and we cry out to God and we pray for something, we pray for his help, we want, we want things to go a little bit a different direction than what's happening in our lives. Maybe there's, maybe there's just something that is taking place in our family or, or in our own potential future and we just wish that God could allow something to change a little bit, but there just doesn't seem to be any answer, doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be listening or caring. Or sometimes we come to the assumption, and wrongly so, but maybe God's powerless. Maybe, maybe God can't do this thing that I'm asking of him. And so sometimes when we face disappointments in our lives, we can be like this woman crying out to God, and God seems to almost diss us. I remember a number of years ago at a church I was serving, a man um, uh, he was talking to me after church one day. He'd had some health concerns, pretty serious. And he told me that just that year of his life, in the past 12 months, he'd had nine family members all close to him die. I think four of them were siblings. One was a parent, and the rest were cousins. All died in a year's time. And he himself, likewise, was struggling with health concerns. And it's at times like that, especially when things get really dark in our lives, it's at times like that when we hit the valleys, when we have to be careful because the devil likes to pounce in on those situations and kind of say to us, see, you think there's some God up there that really cares about you? You think there's somebody who's really in control of all of this? Maybe he's turned his back on you. Now this woman keeps crying out to Jesus and her situation grows even worse. When she finally gets his attention and he finally can, talks to her and has a conversation with her, he even sounds more harsh. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. <laughs> but it's interesting, her faith won't quit. She just keeps coming at him. She keeps coming after him. And she holds on to, in her faith, she's holding on to what she knows about Christ and has heard about him from his word, despite what he looks like right now, despite what he seems to be saying to her right now. Martin Luther said this well, this woman will not even let Christ take faith out of her heart. That's a great line. She won't even let Jesus himself take faith out of her heart. And down inside of Jesus' comments to her, she finds buried a little morsel of his compassion and of his grace. He doesn't really call her a dog, but she's kind of like, bring it on, I'll be a dog then. Call me a dog if you want. But just give me the little bit of crumbs that fall from the master's table. It's interesting that, that God doesn't send you or me to the way things are going in our life to determine what he thinks of us. He doesn't send you to your feelings inside 
to see how warm you feel about, about how he's acting toward you. That's not where God sends you. He doesn't send you even to your rational outlook on things and, and to have you try to make sense of everything. Because sometimes, just like with this woman for a time, it didn't seem to be making sense. But instead, he sends you to what he's already taught you in his word, and he sends you through that word to the cross to show you that this is what he thinks of you. This is what he's done for you, and this is where his heart is toward you. And he just says to you and me in that word, trust me. Just trust in me, even when it doesn't look like I care about you. Sometimes love can be found in unexpected ways and places. One of my childhood friends had a father that made him work a lot and often gave him a lot more chores than my parents did. And one day I remember the friend was kind of upset with his dad and he said to me, I'm not so sure my dad even loves me. But now as a mature adult, I know that he looks back on his father's discipline of him and he can clearly see the hand of his father's love and never questions it at all. Someday when we're finally in heaven and, and we're there uh, with a new set of eyes about everything, we're gonna be able to look back on the troubled times in our life and we might even, we might even conclude in heaven that those are the times God was loving us the, the strongest, when he was taking care of you the greatest even when at that moment it appeared that things weren't going quite the way you wanted. One of my seminary professors used to quote a hymn line a lot in classes. I'll quote it for you again. It's by a hymn writer named Christian Ludwig Scheidt. It says, I cling to what my Savior taught and trust it whether felt or not. Now, why did God the Holy Spirit include this little conversation with this woman and Jesus in Scripture? Well, he wrote it there for us and for our learning so that through patience and comfort of the Holy Scriptures, you and I might have hope in our life. Cling to that hope in Christ. Amen.